0: Hello, and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 74. Today, I have Lore on again. Always happy about that. How are you doing, Lore? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? Good. Uh, we're going to continue reading the Gelfag again today, but before we do that, we're both going to plug the other things that we've been doing. So... I also have a book that I wrote, and you can buy on Amazon. It's called Lightbringer, but uh, you'll have to search my name too. So just go to Amazon, type in Lightbringer Byron Rogers, B Y R O N R O G E R S, and you will see a book called Light Lightbringer. It's sort of in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me uh, sci-fi fantasy genre, and I discuss some of the topics of like freedom and what that means to us and is it important and stuff like that. It's not Austertru themed in a any sort of strict sense. I'm, that's not really what the book is. But some of the same principles that we talk about of freedom and stuff like that are in there. Uh, at the moment, there is the Kindle version for like $3.99 and you should buy that one. There will probably eventually be a print version for like $18, but I actually make less money on the print version than the e-version. It's just really expensive to print on demand. I just have some friends who refuse to read anything electronically, so I'm going to put it out that way for them here in a little bit as as, as soon as I'm 100% sure that... There will never be anything changing in it because, you know, books are sort of permanent like that. But anyway, if you like that uh, fantasy science fiction, this one's more fantasy, that fantasy genre, then check out Lightbringer by Byron Rogers on Amazon. It's a Kindle book. You should buy it. I might even put a link in the show notes. So, yeah, (laughs) buy it. Uh, Lore. Your yes sir.
1: Welcome to the club sir of people who've written books. Congratulations. I too have written books. Um by the way, making a physical copy very difficult. You do not make any money really no, at don't. all. I've done it uh once and the reason I only did it once is number one, it's uh, expensive to get
0: it, it,
1: it's not expensive to make because you got to just format it yourself. If you know what you're doing, that's another thing. You got to format it to fit a book page and all this other junk. And you are responsible to make sure it prints properly. So you got to get uh, demo copies printed and sent to you to make sure it looks fine and all this other junk. It's a hassle. Um, but yeah, that's why I didn't do it after that. I just did the first book. So, I mean, that's there. But yeah, I have uh, ebooks. books uh, Go get my latest one, Walk On by Stephen Oakes. Yes, you have to search for it because apparently if it comes out years ago, you're going to have a hard time finding any book unless you specifically type it in properly. Because yeah, already typing Stephen Oakes in, you're not going to find me until like page 2. Which is ridiculous, since I'm the only Stephen Oakes on there.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's weird. Yeah, their search algorithm is a little weird. And granted, it's like three people have read my book, so I wouldn't expect it to come up near the top, because most people are not looking for it. They're looking for something else. But it seems weird that if you write, like, an exact phrase, Mm -hmm. that things that were not matches to that exact phrase would come up before that exact phrase. But, you know, that's Amazon. <laughs> Google does it, too. Whenever I type in Hugenhoff Kindred, because uh, I'm, like, checking the schedule or whatever, it's like... It, it will come up with, like, Hugenhoff Kindred. And it's like, okay, cool. But it'll say, did you mean hugiho Hugo Kindred? And I was like, no. But I clicked on it just to see, and then it's like, no results. It's like, what? why would you say did you mean this? And then I click on it and it says no results when the thing i had just searched had an actual result well that I, that's sense.
1: for sp- that's for spelling reasons i'm thinking they probably think had so. a word that kind of matched what you said because they don't recognize Hugenhoff as anything obviously yeah
0: yeah but yugioh isn't a word either <laughs> so i don't know it's don't very know. japanese sounding so maybe it, we're it searching is. something anime related one oh, day. maybe so and that makes sense with my search history that 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 could work um, I don't understand. I don't understand why they do it. But yes, and your books will be in the show notes because they were there last time and I rarely do anything to the show notes other than change the description. Well, so, are changing
1: the description, make sure you get a link in there because yes, it it is it's not too difficult to find you right now because you've just published. Yeah. But it will become more and more difficult as the months go on simply because that's how amazon works their uh, search engine
0: yeah I, I i will do my best to put a link in i'm going to mention this book quite a few more times so after a while i will definitely remember to put in the link i'll probably remember to put in the link because like i want money oh yes that. because that's what it's all about right yeah it's all about money same reason i got a philosophy degree for the big bucks Please. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not my main reason. I want to write a book. It's just a thing that I think it's one of those. I think it's good to create something beyond yourself. I think we've had a podcast about this Mm -hmm. relatively recently after you had done, uh, written your first book about that idea of creating something beyond yourself. So yeah, I mean, that's the big reason. But if I make money, that'd be cool. Hey, if you can't draw, but you know how to speak, you might be able to write a book. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) that's about I it wish, I wish I could draw but I can't I've tried it it didn't work well anyway so buy my book and buy Steve's book they're both on Amazon on the Kindle and you don't need a Kindle you can just read it on your phone through the Kindle app what I do yeah Lightbringer by Byron Rogers and Walk On by Stephen Oaks you should definitely buy both of those books okay um, I also want to remind people back to Strictly the podcast. My website is Hugenhoff Kindred, and that is hugenhoff.org. And there you can find the links to the podcast, and you can find the RSS feed in case you want to subscribe, which I suggest since it's a monthly podcast, easy to forget it. And you can also find my email address there, which is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I think that's all I wanted to say. Let's just go ahead and jump right into the Gilfaginny gilfaginning um so we've been doing the poetic eddas for i might not be exaggerating when i say years yeah uh, there's a lot of stories in there that's where most of the stuff is but the gilfaginning is another really good story from uh the eddas there's like two books named the eddas and it's a little confusing but uh we are reading the sacred text version and it seems to be a fine version, and you can get it for free, and that will be linked in the show notes. So uh, I definitely suggest anybody who's maybe started on the on the uh, poetic Edda's and finished it, jump over and read the Again because it is uh, it's good. It's got a lot of lore. It's presented in a slightly different way. So I believe that we were ready for stanza number seven. Stanzas are a little longer in this one. Ah, uh, So we'll start there. Then said Gengler What was done then by Borsan, if thou believe that they be gods? Har replied, In this matter there is no little to be said. They took. Uh, and then. Oh. Are you on seven? Nope. Sorry. I apologize. That was eight. I was looking at the wrong place. Let me go back and read seven. <laughs> Okay, oh, and just as a refresher, in case you didn't listen last time or you've forgotten, this uh, guy, Ganglier, Gang, Gangleri, uh went basically to meet the gods, and now he's talking to them, and they're giving essentially pieces of lore and stuff like that. Uh, then said Gengleri, What covenant was between them, or which was stronger? And Har answered, the sons of Bor slew ymir the giant low where he fell there gushed forth so much blood out of his wounds that with it they drowned all the races of the rhyme giants save that one whom giants called bear escaped with his household he went upon his ship and his wife with him and they were safe there and from them are come the races of the rhyme giants as is said here untold ages ere Ere earth was shapen, there was berglimmer born. That first I recall how the famous wise giant on the deck of the ship was laid down. Um, So this is talking, if you remember from last time, the beginning of the world and the beginning of the race of giants and the beginning of the race of men. Um, Well, gods and then men. So the origins of giants and men both. And yeah, just talking about uh, which was stronger, giants or gods, and uh, Har here is sort of saying, well, the gods did kill that first giant, so that's a point for us. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have anything else to say with this one?
1: I really didn't. I mean, there's a note, but I don't see how his ship is literally millbench or mortar. If I'm looking, reading this note properly, or am I looking at something else?
0: No, I think you're looking at it right. All right. Uh, Must be how is translated. This is one of those ones that, if we were looking at the original language, would probably make a lot more sense.
1: Okay, well, then I guess I'll move on to eight, where you started. (laughs) Yes, I did. Sorry. (laughs) Then said Ganglir, What was done then by Bor's son, if thou believe that they be gods? Har replied, In this matter, there is no little to be said. They took Ymir and bore him into the middle of the yawning void and made of him the earth of his blood the sea and the waters the land was made of his flesh and the crags of his bones gravel and stones they fashioned from his teeth and his grinders and from those bones that were broken and jeff said of the blood which ran and welled forth freely out of his wounds they made the sea when they had foamed or when they had formed and made firm the earth together and laid the sea in a round ring round about her and it may well be seen a hard thing to most men to cross over it then said Thridi, they took his skull also and made of it the heaven and set it up over the earth with four corners and under each corner they sat a dwarf the names of these are east west north and south then they took the glowing embers and sparks that burst forth and had been cast out of Muspelheim and set them in the midst of the yawning void in the heaven both above and below to illuminate heaven and earth. They assigned places to all fires, to some in heaven, some wandered free under the heavens. Nevertheless, to these also they gave place and shaped them course. It is said in old songs that from these the days were Reckoned, and the tale of years told, as is told in the Vulsipa. The sun knew not where she had housing. The moon knew not what might he had. The stars knew not where stood their places. Thus was the air. The earth was fashion.
0: All right, we'll stop there for a second, (laughs) even though it does go on. Um, So this is telling the creation of the earth that we're on. Uh, the, the
1: stars in the sky. And
0: the stars in the sky. The Yawning Void was that void where Abdullah came from between uh, the land of fire and ice. So they actually created, crafted, created the earth out of the body of Yamur in this story. And certainly there's significance there. Did you have anything to say about
1: um, uh, what kind of that, mod do you think in Minecraft they were doing to ma-
0: make this world? That's not what I was going for. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Other than that, no, I, it's it's pretty interesting origin story for all things, uh, as we understand it.
0: It is. Um, there's a little bit of it's something that I like in here. A necessity of everything that exists in the earth. Ymir is not simply the quote-unquote enemy because the earth is made from his flesh, even though he's an enemy of the gods and the first giant who, so being as he was the first giant that begat all these other giants, which are still a huge problem for the gods and mankind as well, Even so, though so much bad came out of that in that way, also he is what created the earth, and the earth is what sustains us and and what we live on and what lets us live here. So to me anyway, there's this idea that there's no such thing as pure evil or pure good. Everything is multi-sided. And in this case, Ymir's body is being put to good use By having it make the earth. Which I think is kind of cool. So you can't put him into that category. Of 100% evil. Anything he touches is bad. He should have never existed in the first place. Because him existing. Is what let the earth be created. Which is ultimately. What let humans have a place. To live somewhere. And I like the idea. That he's born of fire and ice. And it's that middle ground. That lets life thrive go ahead your,
1: though. your will may be evil but your body's always good
0: don't say it like that <laughs>
1: that's what uh, it sounds like to me i'm sorry it's just like eh, yeah your physical form could be fine but uh yeah if you're a nasty evil that's the problem
0: which i mean yeah granted that's true well i mean there are aspects of nature that i mean i'm a fan of nature i like nature i i think we should all the environmentalists not the political kind that's different i think we should all like the environment kind of that like miyazaki way um but they a there very
1: are... complicated statement for people who don't watch anime sir.
0: <laughs> Oh. um nasuka and the valley of the wind that's good anime that sums it up uh what am i what was i going for blah 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 okay. um I think that as much as I love nature and think that we should embrace it and spend time in it, like I'm a big proponent of hiking and backpacking, there are nasty, mean-spirited parts of nature. When you look at these weird, creepy animals, some of them that exist in nature, they're they're sort of heartless and cruel, and they lay eggs in things and then paralyze them, and then they hatch out and eat their host from the inside out. Hey, that's
1: not evil. It's, that's just nature.
0: Well, it's not good.
1: No, yeah, it's but- good for them because it's it's a, a egocentric almost. If they had egos, I suppose, yeah. uh, kind of view of their world. They want to survive, so they survive. It's not like they're trying to take apart the world. They're just that's true. Doing what comes naturally to them, which I suppose we try to do too, but we
0: pervert it by thinking about it too much. <laughs> well, we do think about it a lot more than they do, and and we think about other people as well. We're not concerned with only ourselves. And is that a thing that we share in common with the gods? I mean, I think it is. The gods care about their family, but the gods also care about mankind. I think that there is something positive to be said when you can say, I don't just care about me, and I'm not completely egocentric. It's not all about me. It's about... excuse me it's about other people it's about greater principles as well and is the fact that yamur's body what created the earth and the fact that that nature and this like strictest in in some senses is very egotistical most animals insects especially but most animals don't really care about others. They don't care about improving themselves. They just want to survive and live to the next day, which is in many ways what the Giants are doing. They're forces of stagnation. They don't want the end of the world to come they're not fighting for the end of the world they want to be in charge so that they can just keep doing the things that they're already doing whereas i feel like the gods want to improve on themselves and make themselves better and and make mankind better and go after pursuits like knowledge and poetry and music and and all of that other stuff
1: let me ask you a question now it hasn't come up in the story yet but i assume you know the story as Mm -hmm. i do um man sprang forth from a tree with yes. the spark of odin yes yes did the tree come from the earth which was humor
0: yeah so are we part
1: are we part giant part god
0: <sighs> i mean i think i think so yeah and i mean when you look at all of the gods Uh, uh, Thor's an obvious example all of them have or not all of them most of them have some amount of giant blood in them Yeah. Um, well actually and even
1: giantesses in general have joined them by marriage
0: yeah well I was thinking that even um, Odin's father Bor he married a giantess so actually even Odin would have some amount of giant in him Which is why I don't think that giants are "quote unquote" evil in the strictest sense, like the devil is evil or demons are evil or something like that. Western demons, Um, but there is also they're the enemy in the sense that there's something that they don't have. So yeah, if we are if we have two natures, one giant and one Azir. Those are two things that we can definitely become. We could easily become stagnant ourselves, which is why I think the giants are such a powerful force. And again, I've said this before, I don't think that our ancestors were literally scared that there were literal giants out there somewhere. But I think these stories, and uh, Lord, that is a really good point, the story says that we are half-giant because this story was known by our ancestors that the Earth is Yamur's body? I think it says, did I? Maybe it's not here. Blah, 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 blah. It actually says, like, his hair became the trees or something in some story or the other.
1: Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's later in this particular verse.
0: Okay, okay. So his hair became the trees. So, specifically saying the trees are Yamur and we are trees brought to life, but with something extra, the spark of uh or or the the spark or the spirit that Odin imparted with us to make us alive quote unquote make us humans so you do have this idea that we kind of have two natures a very strictly um physical one and a more spiritual one, or if you don't want to get into the physical versus spiritual. We have our animal nature, which says survive, that's pretty much it, survive, <laughs> eat, keep keep going forward, keep living. And then we have this other nature that's almost antithetical to our survival in certain instances where we want to create beyond ourselves and we spend time, okay, since I literally just wrote a book and Steve has written like seven This example is going to make sense for us, and I don't know exactly where you are, but when I wrote my book, I had no thought that, oh, well, I am definitely going to be making a high hourly rate when I calculate this later. Like, I could have gotten a part-time job and made significantly more money, Mm -hmm. and I knew that going in. So if all I cared about was surviving and putting food on the table and nothing else, i spent my time real poorly but there's other things which even though they don't make sense in the sense that like well i'm going to make more money therefore having more food doing this they still make sense in a different way where it's like i want to tell a story i want to create beyond myself in some sense and i think that's the odin or the azer or uh, azer and vonir so or the the gods part of me coming out in that case and you when you do the same thing whereas maybe something like going to work from nine to five or whatever your hours are is more of the like strictly quote-unquote giant nature where it's like well i i have to survive um so yeah and i think this story is laying the groundwork for that really important principle that we are creatures of the earth and we cannot separate ourselves from the earth it's it's not a case where we're piloting our bodies it's a case where we are truly integrally at our core part of the earth and part of nature which is one reason we need to accept and embrace and protect nature but on the other hand there is this other aspect of us that makes us very different than most other things in nature where where we can do things that we think are important, even if they're bad for our survival. Um, the most negative way that comes out is in warfare, where you're like, well, I'm fighting for the right cause, so I'm going to go kill people. And sometimes you are fighting for the right cause, and you're doing the right thing. But that's an example where it's very obvious that this this extra dimension or extra will of ours can really become destructive because other animals do fight with one another for territory mm-hmm. so if you have a simple territory war that is going into the more giant side if you will of things but if you have this thing of like well this is the right thing to do so i'm going to do this because this is the right thing to do then that goes into to a very different side um i mean all morality you could probably put into this god side of us or whatever you want to call it and i I do think that's something that's uh important and in our creation myth here
1: also like this story specifically but it also shows up almost everywhere in the eddas or whatever it's all about duality i mean we have a dual dual world it's a fire ice world and the people who inhabit we are dual natured as well even the gods even the giants to some extent just it's all about multiple natures that we have and how you deal with it kind of shows you who you are and where you stand in giant or god kind of status
0: yeah yeah i i think it does and and i think why we call the giants the enemies as they go more towards the nature of just surviving and not having anything change they go too far in that way and our too far in the ice direction of keeping everything the same it would be equally bad if you went too far in the chaotic direction and everything was chaos i mean that that could also be a very negative thing you can imagine someone whose life was completely chaotic and how that wouldn't work out and how that wouldn't let life survive e- e- either i mean um, you look
1: at loki that's that's a pretty say, standard thing
0: <laughs> loki is very chaotic and there there is no predicting his behavior really um and he has a lot of those like chaotic elements to him which in su- in, in measure can be a good thing. And even with him, you saw where it benefited the gods many times when he did something that really just made no sense. But he's too far in the other way. So you have this idea that you do need to be balanced, like this doctrine of the mean, that's Aristotle's term, not my own. Um, But we need to be somewhere in the middle to really live a life that's productive. Uh, So yeah, I, I think that then mentioning trees in specific being of the flesh of Ymir. But also, th- and, and the fact that when that is combined with Odin, that's when humanity comes into existence. Again, when like two opposite forces come together, that's where everything happens. When two opposite forces come together, they can create something new and something that's more powerful than either of them were originally. So yeah, did you have anything more to say on that? Or I don't s- believe so. I, I guess you can continue.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. I just read the Earth was fashioned. Okay. Then said Gangleri, "These are but tidings which I now hear. That is wondrous, great piece of craftsmanship and cunningly made. How was the Earth contrived?" And Har answered, "She is ring shaped, without and round about her, without." lieth the deep sea, and along the strand of the sea, that sea they gave lands to the races of giants for habitation. But on the inner earth they made a citadel round about the world against the hostility of the giants, and for their citadel they raised up the brows of Ymir, Ymir the giant in place, or, and called that place Midgard. They took also his brain and cast it into the air and made from it the clouds, as is here said, of Ymir's flesh the earth was fashioned, and of his sw- sweat the sea, crags of his bones, trees of his hair, and of his skull the sky. Then of his brows the blithe gods made, Midgard for the sons of men, and of his brains the bitter mooded clouds were all created. Only the bitter mooded ones, of course, right? Yeah. Th- the dark ones. Yes.
0: <laughs> um... Well, and I guess clouds have different connotations depending on where you are. If bad weather was a bigger concern where they were, which it probably was, especially since our ancestors were very good at, like... um, Shipcraft? Navigations and ships (laughs) and stuff. A storm's a much bigger deal when you're on the sea than it is when, you know, you're sitting in your house and it's like, oh, I guess I'll close the windows. It um, uh, depends on the construction, sir. Things can get does. blown away. Yeah, it does. And it depends on how bad the weather is. But I'm just saying clouds, I think a lot of people, myself included, cause of a very positive connotation. When you say cloud, I think pretty white, puffy cloud on a blue sky. But that's not necessarily what our ancestors would think if they were a big danger.
1: As to construction of housing, I believe they usually did something like an upside-down ship and then buried it, so it would be under
0: Earth, so it would probably be safe. Right, but not hey. when you're on the ocean. But no, you can't mil- build that on the ocean. <laughs> no, upside-down ships on the ocean rarely work. Especially if they're covered in soil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, see, that wouldn't work at all. Um, uh, but there are different connotations for clouds. Uh, so, i just wanted to mention that i don't have anything else to say this is just completing that um what would you say a description i guess of mm-hmm. how the earth is created um i will take nine then 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 said Gengleri. much indeed they had accomplished then methinks, when earth and heaven were made and the sun and the constellations of heaven were fixed and division was made of days now whence came the men that peopled the world? And Har answered, When, when the sons of Boar were walking along the sea strand, they found two trees, and took up the trees, and shaped men of them. The first gave them spirit and life, the second wit and feeling, the third form speech, hearing, and sight. They gave them clothing and name, the male called Asker, and the female Imbla. and of them was mankind begotten which received a dwelling place under Midgard. Next they made for themselves in the middle of the world, a city, which is called Asgard. Men call it Troy. There dwelt the gods Mm. and their kindreds and many tidings and tales have it as many tidings and tales have it. Yeah, that, um, I was hoping there'd be a note on that. Men call it Troy because you sort of wonder, uh, where, that came from and when this was written down because again it's important to remember that originally these stories were oral traditions which was a big part of our ancestors and and how they passed things down and at some time they were written down and of course an oral tradition will change over the years and as soon as it's written down it sort of gets set in stone um so to speak. Um,
1: I did a slight amount of research a while back about language, Okay. and it is very interesting to see that uh, Old Norse, and how mm-hmm. they uh, the word for gods, uh, the Aesir, was also kind of in uh, this middle Gaelic Greek, and it was very close to Aesir, it was like Aza. Mm-hmm. And I could see that Greek tradition of a great capital city Troy being carried over and up and around or passed back down to them and then a Troy was made in honor of such a name i don't know if that's true or not right but, or you know someone translated this and saw a word that looked like troy and yeah. so therefore made it troy
0: it's very possible likely even that our ansa- i mean our ancestors did have communication with a lot of other cultures and uh like the Greek culture was one of them and it's it's hard to say how much uh like how old like if you could go back to 1000 bc would the Troy reference be in here still or not and I mean unfortunately that's a question that we that we don't no that's a, so that's unfortunate but um there were definitely connections and i feel like our people have always been known for traveling around and you know as merchants a lot of the, the viking thing as well but as merchants a lot so they would come across a lot of these other cultures and if they could call it Troy here to help people understand and compare it to something else, then that's something they may have put in here for that reason. And of course this guy was not writing. uh, When was this written? I mean, it, it, it was, well, this translation
1: was was like 1920, 1914, something like that. So I don't know. Originally was this
0: Snorri still? See, this was the, that's, what I'm not sure, but I think it was in, in that time range. So if it's like after the Viking or during the Viking Age in the thousands, pe- people have already had a great deal of communications and dealing with Greek cultures and classics and stuff like that. So it may be added here to, yes, I guess snory. there's two ways.
1: This it is snory, again. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: There's two reasons that could be added here. One would be like, well, people are going to understand Troy. This is going to help him make sense. The other thing, if you want to take it more pessimistically, is keep in mind, Snorri was Christian, statedly. Um, they He could be doing a thing where he was like, oh, it's okay that I'm writing this, because look, these people, these gods aren't real. They're just like the same thing that the Greeks were. So... However we explain away the Greek gods, we're doing it the same way here. Would you see something similar in, near the end of this poem or in another poem where it's talking about like the Midgard dragon comes, and it's like, the Midgard dragon went down, and then Jesus came. And it's just like this obvious like <laughs> thrown-in thing. And the pessimist would say, well, that's because Snorri was a Christian, so he's obviously... At the end of saying, I've I've captured this beautiful poem, he's going to put in a couple things to say, like, but I don't actually believe all of this stuff. Um, and the optimist would say, well, Snorri wasn't an idiot, and he knew he could not spend an entire book talking about these gods that were until very recently actually held as gods by people without throwing in a couple things it says no no I'm I'm Christian please don't burn me at the cross so look they're just like the Trojans so and I mean I don't know which one it actually is and how far that reference went back or if that was something that Snorri added himself I mean, it could, um, could have been put in there just
1: like Jesus could have been in there because when they converted, maybe they tried to tell their story still and had to put something in there to still consider themselves Christians at the time.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like in the early days, like when they first tried to get people to convert, a lot of people would be like, okay, I guess I'll do the the Christian thing. And they'd end up like adding Jesus as another god in their pantheon so they're like oh yeah we believe in all the gods and jesus too i guess and as like it's not obviously what christianity was about but that was like their understanding of christianity in the beginning in the early days of conversion which obviously later got to like the current understanding of christianity so it it, it, it could be something like this these stories were not written down before the conversion had already happened. So there's going to be a lot of, like, I guess you call it bias from the conversions in here. But, yeah, the early days of, like, how the Norse people understood Christianity, even when they would say that they accepted it, it was like how anime understands Christianity, namely not at all.
1: Oh, come on. (laughs) One of my favorite characters in an anime called Ghost Hunt was a Catholic priest, and he was trying to... Uh, exercise ghosts and spirits all the time and you have this elaborate holy water splashing scene next to a Buddhist monk which was really funny yeah
0: see that's what I mean I mean they talk about the shield and sword of Jesus a lot in anime and that whole thing in Neon Genesis it's just like it's cool and it's a cool way to think about it it's kind of cooler than the real Christianity but that's not really what they were going for And our ancestors had a lot of those same things where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we're Christian. Jesus can be in our pantheon as well as the other gods. So um, there is a lot of different uh, thoughts and making sense of Christianity in this time. Religiously, the world was still sort of an upheaval. Um, And Snorri definitely would have been one of those because he was in this interesting place where He obviously liked the poetry um, of the Norse people. He thought it was really beautiful. He had a connection to his ancestors because he came from a good family. Um, He had a connection to his ancestors and respected them, but then also he was a Christian. So it's like, how do you put all of those things together and honor your ancestors, but also be true to your religion he was just trying to make money yeah. for the church, so he's doing it by selling this. Come on. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was very passionate about this. I mean, it it, it was a lot of work, for one. Oh, yeah. Uh, he he's said some stuff in his other writings where it seemed like this was definitely one of his passions. He thought this was beautiful poetry that should be saved, because it was beautiful poetry. Not even because of the content. Of, again, his stated reason. Not even because of the content, but just because it's such a good example of, be- of beautiful poetry. So, it's it's hard to say.
1: Well, luckily we have them, because Kennings would not be a thing without them, and we
0: wouldn't that's have so true. many memes. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I'm actually really glad they got saved, because I think the Kennings are are really cool that idea i don't know if that would have survived if these stories didn't survive
1: uh, i don't know because i do we see anything like that from any other mythology because i can't think of anything right off the top of my head
0: oh granted i'm biased because i spend more time well that's reading norse well. mythology but i read a lot of other mythologies and i just don't really i can't think of anything like a kenning a kenning is a very norse mythology thing so, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely better for the world at large that they got saved, even if you limit it strictly to its literary influence on things, mm-hmm. which I don't think it's fair to do that. But even if you did, <sighs> I still think it'd be a good thing.
1: I think you might see it in Shakespeare, because that dude just wants to call everything something else.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Shakespeare was way, way after this.
1: Well, I know it is, and he was he may have been influenced by it as well,
0: which... More than likely, he was, but that would certainly, I guess, yeah, you can but, see that. Like, I, read, I didn't finish it because it's real long. But I read the Veda, or part of the Rig Vedas, and I don't. There's not really kennings there, Huh. so I don't know. They're, they're not in the Bible. I just can't think of a like religious text that really the Lamb has of God. Anything. The Lamb of God. Uh, is that a kenning? Yeah, for Jesus. Uh I guess. <laughs> it's not nearly as cool as these Kinnings though. The Rams that's Horn. More, that's more of a metaphor. Heimdall's head. I know, they just go crazy in this one. They they really they really do Kinnings interesting, where they're just like, how would you ever know what this actually means? But I like it. It's fun. There's all sorts of like lore tests too like stories about lore tests and the lore. And then kennings are basically lore tests. It's like, oh, you're not going to understand this unless you know the rest of the lore. It sounds like we we both have a friend who has a certain uh,
1: remark upon what humor is, and his jokes are the less people... Laugh about it or understand it—the funnier it is to him. So if he's the only one that gets it, it's the best joke for him. Joke ever. So kennings are kind of like that to me,
0: (laughs) and that's why they're hilarious and awesome. Well, the I I like inside jokes. I just feel like there needs to be a small group of people who understands it. Yeah, like at least. It's actually really funny when you can make a joke at like a meeting at work or something and only one other person laughs because only one other person gets it. (laughs) I love doing that. But if there's not the one other person.
1: Yeah, this is why I have a hard time talking to a lot of other people simply because I just make references all the time and no one gets it because no one watches or reads
0: what I do. Right, (sighs) right. It's true anyway let us continue um did we have anything else to say about that no all right uh da, 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 da. uh there dwelt the gods and their kindred and many tidings and tales of it have come to pass both on earth and aloft there is one abode called let golf and when Allfather sat in the high seat there, he looked out over the whole world and saw every man's axe, and knew all things which he saw. His wife was called Frigg, daughter of Fjorgiven, and their blood is come that kindred, which we call the race of the Aesir, that have peopled the Elder Asgard, and those kingdoms which pertain to it and that is a divine race. For this reason must he be called All Father, because he is father of all the gods and of men, and of all that was fulfilled of him and his might. The earth was his daughter and his wife, and he begot the first son, which is Thor. Strength mm. and proudness attend him, wherewith he overcometh all living things."
1: That's interesting, because, yes, we got, was it Jordanheim? Jordan? No. Uh, the goddess of Earth that begot Thor with Odin. Can't remember her name right now. Jor?
0: Jord? Jord, J- Like yeah. J-O-R-D, I think. Yeah. yeah. Here it said his wife. And daughter. Because he did
1: fashion it, I suppose. <sighs>
0: Earth was his daughter. I feel like daughter and could be wife, a
1: translation issue here.
0: Maybe. It's not using the term in the same way that normal people would. Like, you
1: know, it's probably, you know, he fashioned her kind of, sort of, and also mated, and only someone you mate with should be your wife in a Christian viewpoint, so
0: yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Daughter doesn't mean actually his daughter like she has a mother but if he fashioned the earth and she was the earth then in that sense
1: just like we're the child of odin
0: because he is all father right we're the child of odin because he gave us that spark of life but he didn't create us because we were created from the tree which was ultimately from ymir but he's like our spirit (coughs) excuse me our spiritual father, space dad, and in the same way, <laughs> wait, what? I said space dad. It's it's a joke from Mega Mind. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay. Um, in the same way, Yord could be like his spiritual daughter because he fashioned the Earth, and then wife. I I think again, it just means like somebody that he had children with, mm-hmm. more than like they actually had. A ceremony and sacred oaths and all these other things to go with it. Uh, that is one of the nice things about English. So many words can mean so many different things. I guess that's the nice thing about language in general. The nice thing and also the hard thing. There's so many double meanings and implications and everything else that it's very, language is very unclear, but that also gives you a lot of freedom to be more poetic and still get your point across True. by using these different words but uh, what I think is when it says daughter like you said, he fashioned the earth, she is of the earth so in that sense they're daughters not like an incest thing and the reason I say that and the reason I really don't think it was an incest thing is because one of the like conditions of the contract, that they signed after the war with the Aesir and the Vanir is that you weren't allowed to be incestuous anymore because the Vanir practiced incest and the gods did not practice incest. So wouldn't it make sense that all of a sudden, except in this one case, there was incest. And um, it says the earth was his daughter, but we know the beginning of the earth was from Ymir, so... I think it has to be talking about more of a spiritual daughter here. Anyway, uh, did you have more to say on that? I did not. Okay, I will let you go on with 10 then. All right. Norfi or Norfi is
1: the name of a giant that dwelt in Jotunheim. He had a daughter called Night. She was swarthy and dark as befitted her race. He was given to, to the man named... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Nagl Nagalfari, there we go, and their son Udr. Afterward she was wedded to him that was called Enar. Jord was their daughter. Here we go, and that's that's where she's come from. Last of the Dayspring Day, springing, day spring and her and he was of the race of Azir. Their son was Day. He was radiant and fair after his father. Then all father took night and Day, her son, and gave them, or gave to them two horses and two chariots, and sent them into the heavens to ride round about the earth every two half days. Hmm. Night rides before with a horse named Frosty Mane, and on each morning he bedews the earth with the foam from his bit. The horse that Day has is called Sheen Mane, and he illuminates all the air and earth from his mane. Earth. <laughs> okay. Um. George is Earth. Yes. Okay. So. Sun, Alder, Afterward, budded blah, blah, blah. We have Night and Day. And Night uh, rides that horse. What? What? Oh, I'm just looking here.
0: Okay. Um, what's the note? Is there a note? Yeah, there's one note oh, for uh, your okay. which yeah, is heard. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's good. Uh, I did, did. You also have the night and day, and the uh, so those are. Uh, opposites so that balance thing and the night and day being compared with two like the gods and I mean the Aesir and giants again so you still got these like two opposite forces being necessary that's like the biggest theme in this story and arguably in Norse mythology is the idea that there is a balance to things and that there must be two opposites at all time to like hold things in balance and for everything to work it is not so much we want to destroy of all destroy all of this extreme and embrace all of that extreme but rather that we want to find a balance and a middle ground between these two extremes well even and, then um night is of the Jotunheim race, the giant race,
1: and her son is called, so, an Azir in this as well. And they are both night and day. Which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of um, giants, I guess, end up being called Azir because they join for whatever reason. Uh, Scotty being the Probably most well-known example is a mm. giantess, but she's counted among the Azir because she's joined, uh, because she's joined the Azir. Is Gerd still called a giantess? Mm. That's who
1: married a um, mm. shoot prey.
0: I think she'd be counted among the Azir too. Okay. I mean, I know Scotty is because it's mentioned somewhere or the other. But no, I think she'd be considered among the Aesir now, even though her bloodline is giant. And again, you can't have any sort of hang-up with like, oh, they're not pure god enough. Because even realistically, even Odin is half-giant. And then, of course, Thor, if his mother was a giant... That makes him a quarter Aesir. And like most of the gods have to be like a quarter Azir, Like not really much Azir in their bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, so a huge part of it has to be not just birthright. And not to say birthright isn't important. Um, well, it can give you a leg up, certainly. But it can. But not just birthright, but also a certain attitude and mindset that... They embrace. Which is why I think somebody like Scotty is considered among the azir because she sort of like embraced that uh, way of thinking, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Even if so, yeah. she spends all her time apart. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, that's a tragic story. Mm-hmm. That's sad. He picked but, yeah. the wrong feet. <laughs> well... Trying to get bald, or it just didn't work out. Okay, should we go on? Uh,
1: we might start wrapping up. Really?
0: Oh, I always forgot to keep track of my time. Okay, let's see. Which one did we just read? 10, We're ready right? for eleven. I right, I think ten is a good stopping point because ten is an easy number to remember. Uh. Ah, plus I think I need a drink, and I forgot to bring my water here. So, yes, we will go ahead and start wrapping up. Uh, Let's see. Okay, so let's just go ahead and do our final thoughts. Steve, did you have any final thoughts on what we read today?
1: Ah, it's a lot of duality again, um, which is inherent in a lot of things, and boy... We just had a lot of jumping off points for different thoughts as we went along, which, hey, I think that's great. Yeah. Hopefully you do too, listener. That one listener out there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's at least two. No, actually, I, I I haven't checked my statistics for a while. I don't know. But honestly, if there's one listener, that's fine. Uh, Even if I were only reaching one person, it's not like I'd quit tomorrow. Uh, Because, you know, it might be important to that one person. And And if
1: if there's that one personer, they can reach out to
0: us and buy our books. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Don't talk to us about us, Just buy our books. And write a review, please. Just give us money. (laughs) Look... We're not concerned with your spiritual development. Just send cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not that bad. That's not true. Um, you know, maybe somebody likes this and finds it entertaining, and maybe it can be a jumping-off point for them. I, I think I've said this before, but I don't. I don't think either one of us considers ourselves some sort of authority on Osetro and like, oh, what we say is is the gospel, and you must believe it, and everything else. We're just having a conversation. And the hope of that conversation is for other people to be like, oh, I think that's wrong. What, you don't want to come together and write a book, a Bible, if you will? Oh, God, no. (laughs) Or maybe I think that's right, but I think these other reasons too. It's a way to start other people having their own internal conversations. Uh, But yeah, even if that only happens with a couple people, I give them a jumping off point and they think about something and understand this better then. Yeah, it's worth it. And I do have more than 2 people last time I checked. So, yeah. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's still true. I also don't know if they're all Russian bots. That's but true. Uh,
1: people, it's, people are uh, still downloading the two episodes of my podcast that I put out year year ago.
0: Two years you, ago. Was- I have discovered some very old podcasts before. Things that had had their run, and they weren't being produced, and they had stopped being produced literally 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but it's not a new show. I want to hear this. I'm curious about this. That's
1: the thing. Um, I haven't checked recently, but the last time I did there wasn't too many other
0: also true podcasts, so... Right. I I don't think we're the only one, but there's very few out there. There are unfortunately very few. And you know if there are also true people living if there are also true people listening to this, I would suggest start a podcast. Um, Start slow, like monthly, uh, because it's easy to get burnt out if you do weekly. It it is a lot of work. When you do monthly, it's not so bad. You can still have a life outside of it. Um, And if there's some super passionate people who want to make a highly produced thing, I think that would be super awesome. The idea of this podcast is Steve and I get together and we have a conversation that we share with the listeners we want an off the cuff conversation we don't want to go in with the idea that we're teaching a class you know I don't want to take notes and be like and here are the things I'm going to cover and this is what I'm going to say I just want to go in with the lore and be like oh look you can watch as we talk about it and think about it and come with with these ideas as we talk and sort of like let everybody else be part of this conversation but it's very much a conversational podcast and whatever comes out of it comes out of it i also think it would be cool to have a very highly produced podcast i don't do as well with highly produced stuff and quite honestly, i don't have time to make highly produced content because i have kids and that's um a lot of work i have kids a job you know stuff to do and writing books writing (laughs) books steve's got plenty of stuff to do too we're both uh he's got jobs and books to write and everything else we're both very busy but yeah if somebody wanted to make a highly produced thing i mean i think that'd be cool i'd listen to it um but generally speaking i like conversational podcasts better than highly produced podcasts so my own personal bias there And don't forget, you can always send in your questions to us at youandoffpodcast at gmail.com. I didn't do my final thoughts. I I think my final thoughts are similar to yours. And I did want to mention um, if there are jumping off points to talk about other stuff so the listeners know we will be taking those jumping off points and talking about other stuff. Because if something comes up, one of the beauties of not having a highly structured podcast and not being part of some network is you can do whatever you want. And if the conversation takes us there, then I definitely want to go there. I think those are the most interesting parts be like, like that whole duality thing. I think it would have been unfortunate if I was like, Oh, but that's not, that's only sort of the lore. We're, we're not going to talk about that except strictly in lore senses. Um, I want to follow those paths. That's kind of the point of this. And that's kind of the point of reading the lore is to have you think about new things and go down those rabbit holes. Anyway, I ruined your really nicely set up segue. I'm sorry. (laughs) I completely forgot that you had to say something about the show instead of just closing out. (laughs) Anyway, I do want to say, first of all, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And second of all, Lord, tell people where they can find your book.
1: Well, just like they can find your book on Amazon, they can find mine there as well. My latest one is Walk On, so type in Walk On, Stephen Oaks, and I'll be there. It's a pretty good cover. I don't know. I think the cover of Lightbringer may be a little bit better, but I do like Walk On's cover.
0: Oh, wait, made by the same artist. Jeez. Go figure. It's true and that cover is amazing she did such a good job um my book you can also find on amazon it's newer i'm gonna use that <laughs> like it makes it better it doesn't actually buy both of them uh if you've been listening for a while hopefully you've already bought steve's book but if not pick it up and pick up mine too i'm really excited about it i hope it's good uh, never wrote a book before, so I'm super excited. Lightbringer by Byron Rogers. Check it out there. Check out Steve's book as well. Um, download the RSS feed. You can find that at Huguenot Podcast. No, you can't. You can find that at hugenhoff.org under the podcast section. Subscribe to the RSS. Send us emails, hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, anything like that. And something I'd love is show ideas. We are going to be taking a break from the Gelfagini at some point in time just to break things up. If you've got a fun show idea, send it our way. Maybe we'll do it. With all of that said, thank you, everybody, very much for listening. Thank you, Steve, for being on, and enjoy the rest of your month. Fra hail. Fra hail.